0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Grandiose opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to slam the door in the face of the Dallas Cowboys last night while playing the Seahawks in Seattle. And oops. Got to finish off that first quarter, fourth quarter, boys. Got to finish off that fourth quarter. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Carlin out. Jordan ranon in today. Hour number two underway. If you want to hit us up, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888 espn triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. 3776 So, Jordan, on Sunday, the big game is Dallas at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Bills spanked the Cowboys yeah, up and down the demolished. field, right? Up and down the field to the point where that five-game winning streak from Dallas, where they had been winning by an average of 23 points per game, that is a thing of the past. We are now focused on Dallas's inability to win big games. Off. Dallas's off. inability to go on the road and win. And 24 hours later, here come the Philadelphia Eagles needing to get right and blowing a winnable game at Seattle in the fourth quarter, offense committing penalties, or excuse me, turnovers, defense not not getting a key stop, 92-yard drive to allow the game-winning touchdown. Drew Locke, the backup quarterback, doing it to you, embarrassing all the way around. Simple question for you. Mm-hmm. Of these two teams, who
0: do you trust more moving forward? To me, the biggest threat to the 49ers, because we already talked about the 49ers are that team, right? They're the team that can go and they can... They, they're, that's the favorite head of the table. So, yes, the only team. I mean, the, the, I should I shouldn't say that because I I won't, I won't count the Eagles out. I think the biggest threat to the Forty ers because I saw the Cowboys right there with them in the playoffs last year, and I saw them take them to the wire. I do think that this Cowboys team, currently constituted, can go on the road and give them a game and, and potentially beat the San Francisco 49ers. Like To me, that's the biggest threat, because we already saw, right? The Eagles beat San Francisco last year in the NFC Championship game, and it's the 49ers said, hey, you know what? That's only because we didn't have our quarterback. We were going to beat that team. They were confident about it, so confident about it, they went on the road to Philadelphia and spanked the Eagles this year, right? And we've seen the Eagles' problems. Do we really think the Eagles are going to go to San Francisco and win? I don't. I think the Cowboys, if anybody, has the better chance to do it. Uh, their defense is is, the, is significantly better. I know they got beat up on the ground, and that's what that's one of their weak spots against the Bills. But their defense overall can travel. Better than the Eagles defense in San Francisco in an NFC championship game. If I want to disagree.
1: To. I want to disagree. Coming off the loss to Buffalo, I thought to myself, same old can't. Cowboys. But he can't. Same he old can't Cowboys. We're in the spot. Right? We've always been in with this team. We came into the season saying, can they win the big game in the playoffs? And then we saw them lose to Arizona early in the year and get blown out at San Francisco. San Francisco and we oh. all laughed. And then they put it all together and they run off this. Five-game winning streak where they won by an average of 23 points per game. They beat the Eagles, and suddenly everyone's thinking, all right. They
0: also played the Eagles really tough in that first game. Yeah, they did. That was a a tough game on the road. (sighs) They had a chance to win
1: it late. They blew it. So you've got that whole thing playing out in front of you and thinking, all right, Dax now the MVP favorite. Mike McCarthy's getting buzzed for coach of the year. Maybe this year really is different. And right before you can finish the word different, they go to (laughs) Buffalo and they get cracked. And now it's like, oh, yeah, on the road against Arizona, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Buffalo, you're 0-4, outscored by a grand total of 70 points per game. But right when I want to say that I have no faith in you doing any better than the Eagles, the Eagles not only lose in Seattle, after the game, Jalen Hurts is talking to reporters, and he says this.
2: We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're our um uh, committed enough. You know, just you know, just just gotta turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know know that I had a dictionary on me now, um Excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess how are you seeing that? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, It takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects. And, you know, it it starts with me.
1: That's problematic. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if you struggle on the road, right? It's another thing if you don't have the full buy-in, which means there could be some dysfunction. And if there's dysfunction, that never results in a championship.
0: It just means to me that somewhere behind the scenes, he doesn't have confidence that everybody's putting everything they have into making sure that they're ready and they can get over the top. Because remember, this team was right there last year. But the thing is, last year, it just looked so much different for them, right? It it looked different. When they were winning, they were crushing teams. It looked easy. Right? Yeah, they were scoring points. They were explosive. Even when they were winning this year, they were just squeaking by by the skin of their teeth. And that's why, to me, the Cowboys look different. I know we still have to see them do it in the big spot. I think they're going to bounce back this week. This is a big week because they got another tough game on the road where people think they can't win. If they, if they bounce back this week against Miami, I have confidence that the Dallas Cowboys are at least – a dangerous team
1: that's what I want to call the old loser leaves town match I know they're two good teams but both teams have the same issue you don't win big games loser of the matchup between the two teams that don't win big games <laughs> loser leaves town that's the rule now you say so who do you who do you have more trust in of those two teams yes. right now I, I it kills me to say it as an Eagle fan I have more trust in Dallas yeah. I have more trust in Dallas, I and agree. I don't have a lot of trust in Dallas. I think the Niners should roll over everybody, but I can't get behind Philly when I see a turnover problem in addition to a defensive problem, in addition to a locker room problem. You put those three things together, nobody's won a championship in anything with that combination of issues on their plate. So if we're going to side with Dallas, we're going to side mm-hmm. with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones today, 105.3, the fan. Love me some Jerry. Oh, yeah, Jerry's weekly hit. Regarding the Cowboys, the change playoffs, years. and everything in between.
3: If you don't like where you are, you got to change. And uh, we need to, uh, obviously, uh, we need to not only get in the playoffs, we need to win games in the playoffs. And I'm not being tried here. Uh, that, sh- that should be a burning desire and is a burning desire in this team and in our franchise.
0: So, Not taking any pressure off his guys there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, a, don't light the fire right underneath Dak's butt right there in McCarthy. Right. Like
1: if you don't like where you are, you gotta change. Now, we're obviously gonna read into that. So is that him lighting the fire under McCarthy, continuing to let everyone know, hey, expectations? Or is that just, you know, an old guy having a conversation, talking about his team. We
0: shouldn't take too much away from it. <sighs> You can never, you never know in Jerry, that's the beauty of it. That's the thing. You just just never know. But here's the thing. Again, this is like the Pittsburgh that we just talked about in Mike Tomlin. We could say whatever we want about Jerry Jones, and people people have this misconception. He's especially patient with coaches. He has been forever. Jason Garrett lasted way longer than he should have. Way longer. Like, so... I just don't. I don't. I don't see him like. It's not like the Cowboys are a bad team at all, right? They're not even mediocre. They're a good team. We're considering. Him, I'm considering him at least the second favorite in the NFC. So I don't think that's the way he's going. He's like saying Mike McCarthy's gone if you, if they don't win multiple playoff games.
1: There's some. I don't know if I'm going all the way with this just yet, but there's some Marty Schottenheimer vibes here. Where if you remember Marty Schottenheimer with the Chargers was okay. dominating the regular season every he single was. year. Rivers,
0: and one one year.
1: Tomlinson, Low Neal, like Merriman, they had so much talent. And then they would mm-hmm. get to the playoffs and immediately bomb out. Yep. Like Nate Kading would miss a field goal, the Jets would get him, whatever it would be. They'd have these great regular seasons and bomb out. And that's kind of what we've seen from Dallas. Two years in a row, they've won 12 but games, gone to the Mike playoffs. McCarthy and
0: has out. a Super Bowl on his resume. He does. So it's hard to put him in that category.
1: He does. So speaking of McCarthy, Jones continued 105.3, 3, the fan earlier today, talking about a potential extension for head coach Mike McCarthy.
3: Well, he's been to three, uh, coached three playoff teams in a, in a row. I think he's done an outstanding job. Uh, I think. Uh, Uh, The fact that he's your offensive coordinator as well as your head coach puts him in uh, as high uh, or higher stead than when he was uh, the walk-around coach. All of those things are positive. I frankly said to the staff yesterday, you got us in this spot to be as disappointed as we are about the Buffalo Buffalo deal and our loss there. It's your fault because y'all have done such a great job this year, getting our team to where we, our fans, everybody have the expectations that we have.
0: <laughs> is that a compliment or is he criticizing? I can't really, I can't even tell. It's his way
1: of paying a compliment. It's like, hey, this is all on
0: you. Okay, we're
1: upset because you got us all excited and then you lost that game. You did great, but then you screwed us. <laughs> How do you think this goes? Do you think what? Do you think it's already been decided that McCarthy's get an
0: extension? It's a tough question. Can't they just drag this out year by year until like and, and see if they start, if they win in the playoffs a little bit? McCarthy should be working on like Weekly
1: contracts. He gets a new contract each week and every well, week. Joe, let me, let he start me in the next let
0: week. Yeah, it's would, like being on uh, a like but the real. It, world. But, that's, but that's basically what it is to work for Jerry Jones. Anyway, yeah. he's going to come out and publicly criticize you. Basically, a what owner talks after games? He holds court. There's like a, literally a hundred people standing around the owner. The, 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 the meanwhile, Mike McCarthy has his press conference simultaneously. Has like twenty people there. <laughs> that's. I'm not even joking. Like that's what it is. So Joe, let me set out this scenario. The Dallas Cowboys finish. You know they win out, but so do the Eagles. They finish as this. What is it? The five seed. Five seed. All right. They win. They beat. What do they get? Uh, who do they get in the in the playoffs? In the first round, then? Oh, the Bucks, or whoever wins the the South. Right. Sure. Uh, they win that game. Then they have to go to San Francisco because it's Lions, Eagles in the in the, in one game, and San Francisco, Dallas in the other game. They lose a tough game to the 49ers on the road. You really think they're going to fire Mike McCarthy?
1: No, because of the, because Garrett never did anything and Garrett get, get the, got to the keep coming back, which is what which was a great point you made earlier. It just it does feel a little bit like So that would be another a little bit of Marty Schottenheimer right? here. Marty was a great regular season coach, but when the playoffs came around, he couldn't get it done. But and see, with McCarthy,
0: it's starting to feel like that. You're imposing the long-term Cowboys problems on Mike McCarthy. Right. And most of those, you know, I choking in the playoffs things wasn't Mike McCarthy. Fair. Like you, you're you're basically stretching that and making that a Mike McCarthy thing where I, honestly and you have me defending Mike McCarthy here. I trust him. Enjoy. Zero. Enjoying <laughs> a big
2: game.
0: <laughs> zero. To so like make a bonehead stupid decision. I could you could pretty much write it down. But still, you know, I, I don't know. Well, how about this then? Tomorrow,
1: major okay. deadline for one future Hall of Famer. Not someone from Dallas, but a major deadline approaching. We're going to tell you what that means next. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortinball. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN
4: Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify.
3: Definitely frustrating. Again, the season, that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to you know,
2: compete in the playoffs.
1: Blowout loss suffered at the hands of the Miami Dolphins, moved the Jets to 5-9 and nine over the weekend, and officially eliminated gangrene from the playoffs. So now, all the eyes... annual tradition. Yeah, the annual tradition. And now all eyes turn to Aaron Rodgers and whether or not... The future Hall of Famer will come back from that Achilles injury and in play for the Jets this season. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Check out the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Let's start with Jets head coach Robert Sala on Aaron Rodgers repeatedly saying that he wants to play this season.
4: Aaron wants to play. That's, let's not confuse that one. He's, that's why he's been working so hard to get back. His willingness to play, even if he's not even 100%, is at the forefront of his mind. Like He, he wants to go. But like I said, until he's actually cleared, I'm not going to talk about it with anybody
1: except for just talking about it with everybody right there. But that's okay, because it's a top popular topic of conversation. It's one of the only positives that's come out of the last few weeks with the Jets. Is, does you he know, want to talk
0: about his job?
1: Yeah. the <laughs> You feeling the heat at all? Like that would that's be not the alternative,
0: something. right? Yeah, you don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers? but well, we'll talk about the fact that you probably shouldn't have a job.
1: It's, it's getting dicey with everything there. So let's start with Rodgers then. I mean, obviously the doctors are going to be weighing in at some point here. If he does get medically cleared... Mm -hmm. He's been saying he wants to play, but they've been eliminated. Is there any chance you think he sees
0: the field this season? Well, we're going to see who really holds the power, right? Who holds the power in the Jets? Because Aaron Rodgers, and I've spoken to people, actually does want to play. Like, even though they're out of it, even though they're legitimately done, he wants to play. Now, we could sit here and argue what his, I have no idea what his line of thinking is, why he would want to play, right? They're out of it. Just take the extra time. Get healthy. Get healthy there's a less risk of injury as you give it more time and get stronger obviously so just wait till next year but you know that ego or whatever or whatever it is that drives him that he wants to show everybody that he can get back obviously so does aaron rodgers have the power because if you're the jets organization you're like why is that good for us we don't need you we don't want you to play this year we want you we want you to play next year and be as healthy as possible or does Aaron Rodgers hold all the power in a Jets organization, and is he making all the decisions? Randall Cobb's on the roster, so you you know you could, you, you 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 tell me who's making the decisions there. And Aaron Rodgers decides, you know, I'm going to play because I want to show everybody that I could have made it back from this.
1: That's a wild idea that he wants to come back. The Jets, I mean, with that offensive line and the fact that you're eliminated, you have to be fools to put him out there, risking further injury and now jeopardizing next season in addition to this season. right?
0: in Week 18. Exactly. I mean, what are you talking about?
1: But the idea that if you step in and say no, and he says he wants to play, and he ends up getting to play, how is anybody anywhere in that organization ever going to listen to the coaching staff ever again? Right. Like if, if 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 the coaching staff tries to say, look, we we love the fact that you've worked this hard, but we're out of it. We got to think big picture. We can't trot you out there, especially behind this offensive line. And Rogers says, that I don't care. I want to play
0: Aaron Rodgers. Do they even have jobs? This sounds like a, someone's
1: losing one way or another. That's what this sounds like. It doesn't sound like there's a unless Rodgers just backs down and basically says, "Look, I, I'd like to come back. We've been eliminated, and as much as I'd love to play, I do realize that there are bigger things at stake here, and I have to get ready for next season. No one loses there, right? Yeah. I mean, does he feel like he's lost because he said he wanted to play and then he doesn't end
0: up playing? I guess. I guess he just wants to show people, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not everybody else. I c- use this new technique surgery and I made it back when nobody said I could look look at me Aaron Rodgers I'm going to save this team I don't know I, I don't I don't see enough logic in it but he apparently wants to get back let's That's go to
1: let's go to Sala again Jets head coach he's on the Michael K show 98.7 ESPN and New York just the idea of whether or not Rodgers would even be able to hold up behind this offensive line can Aaron go out there and protect
0: himself behind this offensive line right now
3: Shooting. Hall of Famer, I'm sure he'd be able to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) If you're
0: Robert Solid, what are you doing, Joe?
1: I, 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 you can't play him. There's there's no situation on earth where you can play him. You have, and then what if he tells you, I,
0: I, no, I want to play. If he
1: tells you he wants to play, I think what you have to do is get in a room with the front office, you got to get in the room with the owner if Woody wants to get involved and you got to sit down and say, here's where we all stand. I respect Aaron. I Beg on understand needs. he wants to come back. I think it's the wrong idea for this organization. Rogers on the Pat McAfee show speaking moment, just, just moments ago. Take a listen.
2: If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing the play. Um, but fact is I'm not I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that but I'm still you know 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and uh you know being medically cleared uh as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at uh at 14 weeks.
0: Oh that okay. sounds like he's he's greasing the Skids not to play then. It it don't it, you think? It, it sounds like he yeah he's moving they the sat goal him post, down?
1: which there's nothing wrong with that but it sounds like you know Was it always about him having to be 100% to come back? I don't remember that ever happening before. Evan? He had said he would come back not at 100% if the Jets were still alive for a playoff spot. The
5: Jets were mathematically eliminated on Sunday. That's why he's moved the goalpost on it being 100%.
1: Okay, this is smart. Just kick this thing down the road and then don't come back. You always, when in negotiation, you always need to allow your adversary to save face. They always have to have an out. You can't just humiliate and break them. Now, I know this isn't really a negotiation, but Rodgers is not going to want to walk away from this taking heat for talking the talk and then not backing it up. So now we're just kind of altering and rephrasing the parameters here, right? Like it was about coming back, but now it's, well, you know, I'm not 100%. Good. You're not 100%. If you're the organization, you have to love this. Say whatever you need to say to like you said grease the skids to avoid coming back and playing. Nobody wins from this. The yeah. the sheer idea of being able to say I was the first guy to come back this fast from an Achilles injury, I mean great, but where's that going to rank? Are we going to lead your Hall of Fame speech with that?
0: I mean, I don't care if he's the first guy who comes back from it or not. First of all, didn't Cam Akers come back in like 4, four 3 or 4 months? Short turnaround,
1: it, but he had very little explosion.
0: Yeah, by the way, it ruined his career. Yeah, right. I mean, Cam Akers became, was a good player before he that happened, and then he came back too quickly, won a Super Bowl, right? I believe that was the year they won the Super Bowl out of it, and look what he got from it. So, yeah, it makes no sense for Aaron Rodgers. Just, like, on his list of accomplishments, maybe, you know, because he does view himself as, like, this goddish-type figure of bigger than football, you know, right. that that it matters to him. Like, I, you know, look what I did for the future of guys who tear their Achilles, but, I mean, if you're a team— You don't give a darn about that. You're like literally
1: zero. Highest upside, best possible scenario is you come back early from this injury, you play you play relatively well, and you show everyone that you were able to defy some science, which is yippee. pretty impressive, right? It's yeah, pretty but, but impressive. my, my
0: big yippee, that doesn't even right. Move but it's the type NATO of thing that me.
1: gets forgotten. It's not the type of thing that ten years from now people are like, "Hey, you remember that time Rogers tore his Achilles and then came back and played?" Like, no,
0: no one's really going to care about that. Your yeah, memory played in those meaningless games against the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots, who were. 2-15 at the time. Right,
1: but you come back and 14. you get injured again and you cost yourself all next season and you go down in the all-time idiot pantheon of poor decision-making. Yeah. And I mean, the cost-benefit analysis there really speaks for itself. Agreed. All right, then there's the next question with the Jets' future. What do you do with this regime? Our insider has the answer next. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio. Christmas is going to be huge. Huge this year. Niners, Ravens. ESPN's Monday Night Football. It's on ABC and ESPN. ESPN Christmas doubleheader right here on ESPN Radio. Bucks at Knicks. Coverage starting 1130 a.m. Eastern, immediately followed by Warriors at Nuggets. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us on the show now. Dan, perfect timing. Rodgers is speaking in real time on the Pat McAfee show. We are all working in conjunction with, as the words come out of his mouth, we get the tape, we bring it to radio, we play it, and then we run it by people like you. So we're going to play some audio for you. Here's Aaron Rodgers when asked if 2024 next season would be his last
2: year. I don't think so. You know, I, I felt like when I came here that I got kind of a renewed passion and love for the game. And everything has been uh, amazing here. Just the people I've gotten to work with, the relationships I've gotten to form with my teammates and the amazing men and women that work here at One Jets Drive has, has been really special. Um, I wanted, you know, at least two years. I feel like this year is kind of a lost year now that I only played a couple snaps and wasn't able to go out there and, and uh, improve what I'm capable of and, and see uh, what we're capable of as a team. Um, I don't think that next year would be my last year.
1: So that's got to be good news for the Jets fans and the Jets organization, don't you
5: think? I guess I, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just at the point where, I, I, like, I just I just don't love spending a lot of time listening to people that I know are full of crap, and so like, like. We just spent, what, three months listening to this guy talk about how he's going to come back, and everybody's like, oh, he's going to come back. It's going to be amazing. When, in fact, he was never going to come back. There was never any chance he was going to come back. He absolutely, absolutely needs attention like like you and I need oxygen, Uh, and we just spent three months giving it to him. I don't know. Maybe he plays another five years. Maybe he doesn't play at all. I have no idea. It's just I I just don't put a lot of stock into the words that come out of his mouth. That's just me. I know uh, maybe I'm the wrong guest to have on for this. No, not at all. If he wants to play two more years, three more years, four more years, five more years, great. I love watching him throw the football. I don't like listening to him him talk.
0: How do you really feel, Dan? (laughs) This is your buddy Jordan, by the way. Dan, I think a lot of people feel that way, (laughs) to be honest with you.
5: Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. Like like he said, he's absolutely annihilated the NFL single season record for – Words-to-plays ratio. <laughs> like, like, absolutely. Like, they'll never be broken. But, uh, yeah. So, that, that was great. We good good job. Now he's not going to play just like every single person who had any kind of medical background said all along.
0: So, we know Aaron Rodgers did not play, right? He played four snaps. Yeah. The Jets season yeah. turned into another total disaster. Does yeah. Does that mean... Robert Sala gets a do-over along with Rodgers because he's sort of connected to him. Like, what's, what's Sala's future at this point?
5: Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers there, Jordan. Like, the yeah, on the face of it, you can certainly make the argument that you shouldn't get a mulligan because there are a lot of teams that lost their starting quarterback and are doing just fine. The, the, the Cleveland Browns are on their fourth one. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are winning games with Jake Browning. Like, it can be done. And you could make the case that the Jets, when Aaron Rodgers went down, basically threw up their hands and went, "Wow, there's nothing we could do." And, and if I were running the team, I would want some answers on that front. So, uh, but then there's another layer to this, which is Aaron Rodgers over the past calendar year has had a great deal of say in what goes on in that organization. So, if he wants that coaching staff to stay, does that help their case? Does that, especially when you talk about the offensive coordinator, uh, who's his buddy? So you have to wonder about that. And then that, then finally, like if Robert Sawa is in fact, like entering the last year of his contract next year, I don't think the decision is, do you bring him back? Or do you let him go? It's, do you let him go? Or do you extend him? And I think that's a very different conversation. If you have to, if you have to talk about committing more years to the guy, then I think that raises uh, a different aspect of this consideration for Woody Johnson. So I don't personally think, uh, you know, he's as safe as as we might want to assume, Uh, based on the fact that you you often get a mulligan when something like this happens in terms of the quarterback injury. And I think the way the team performs over its last three games will and should have some kind of effect on that if they look like they did Sunday three more times I think it's, you know, it's harder to make the case to bring the coaches back.
1: Yeah, very well said. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us here. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. So if we're talking about coaches and potential hot seat issues, one name that keeps bubbling up a little bit, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. On one hand, there's a great case to be made. He's never had the losing record. He's been a stable force. Pittsburgh is a very patient organization. On the other hand, you know, they haven't won a playoff game since I believe 2016 16, 22 or 23 teams have won a game in the postseason since then. And this one's starting to get away from them. Do you think there's any truth to the speculation about the seat heating up for Tomlin or is he okay? I,
5: I think he's okay. Um, I, I under, like, I, I get like that nothing lasts forever. Right. And, and, you know, Andy Reid clearly wasn't done uh, being a good coach when the Eagles were done with him, but I don't think anybody thought that was the wrong move at the time, and I'm not sure anybody looks back on it and thinks that. Like, Mm -hmm. it reached a point where it just wasn't working anymore. And if the Steelers' uh, ownership is at that point with Tomlin, then sure. But I I don't get the set. – I've heard nothing to indicate that they are, and, uh, you know, he hasn't had a losing season ever. Now, he could be about to, um, but still a chance that he doesn't. You guys you guys should see it. I don't know if the clip is around if Dominique Clouse was on Get Up this morning. He had an incredible analogy. <laughs> we played it what, today. We played it. You did? Okay. Yes. It's did. wonderful. Oh, my God. I mean, it was perfect. Right? So like, you want a new I dad? Do <laughs> you want a new dad? I think if you're the, if you're the Steelers fan, you have to really – I know people are mad and all this kind of sick of it, and it's the same thing, same thing. Same. I think you got to really, really ask yourself, are you sure you can find somebody better? And I'm just not sure the answer to that is yes.
0: Yeah, and I was there at that time when Andy Reid did leave Philadelphia. Yeah. And it was just, it got, it got stale. And you could say the same thing about Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh at this point. You, like that argument clearly can be made. Now we talk about the Eagles. They lose that game last night. And then Jalen Hurts makes a really what I think is a curious comment, basically saying that his, he doesn't think everyone's committed enough. Damn, mm-hmm. we're in week 16. What do you make of that?
5: <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it, this was an example of, uh, and you certainly know this well, like sometimes the guy at the podium isn't talking to the reporters, he's talking to his teammates, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> through the reporters, through, yeah. the, through the camera lens. And I think that that might be part of what was going on there. Because if you watch it, like he says that, and then he kind of pauses for a beat and looks like, everybody get that? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's go here. This is getting serious now. We've only got three games left, and you know, we've lost three in a row. We need to get back to, to who we know we are, who we think we are. So yeah, I think there's some of that. And I think, you know, obviously after a loss is always a, a tough time for people in terms of, um, you know, saying the right thing and, and all that. So I, I think, look, the Eagles' leadership structure, I think we've seen over the time that Nick Sirianni's been there and Jalen Hurts has been the quarterback, you know, strong. And, and I think strong enough to weather difficult times. And, and, and I give them a lot of credit for being an organization that, that doesn't pretend nothing's wrong, right? Like they made a significant (laughs) coaching staff change this week on the defensive (laughs) side of the ball. Like they are trying, right? They understand they have issues and they're trying to get them worked out. So I think he's just saying, all right, guys, we got to do more. Like we just have to. Like whatever we're doing isn't working right now. We shouldn't be losing these games. And, uh, and if we don't fix something soon, then we're going to find ourselves home a lot earlier than we thought.
1: Last one for ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano, who joins the show. We saw Russell Wilson getting screamed at by Sean Payton Saturday in that yeah. loss at Detroit. Not the first time that's happened this season. Uh, where do we stand currently on Wilson's future in Denver?
5: The contract, you could argue, keeps him there. But, you know... It... The, the new ownership certainly has enough money uh, to pay, to pay anybody to not work for them. Uh, and cap wise, you could, you could shut, you could find a way around it. Obviously Sean Payton comes from new Orleans, but they never had problems, um, you know, dancing around the cap, even when it looked like they might not be able to. So uh, if they decide that it's not worth it in terms of what they're paying Russell versus what kind of production that they expect to get from them, I would not be shocked if they moved on next year, it would be complicated to do. Um, And obviously they'd have to answer the question of, well, all right, then who else uh, who would replace him? But uh, I don't think it's out of the question. I I also think, you know, like I said about Jets, I mean, with three games left, like, you know, that's a pretty significant chunk of data in the NFL season. It's one, you know, one one sixth or a little bit more of an NFL season. So I I think uh, there's, I don't think that decisions have been made there in Denver about who's the quarterback next year. Russell Wilson's contract is a very good one for him. He'll be fine regardless, uh, and it's possible that 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 it encourages Denver to keep him uh, at least another year. But uh, I'm not I'm not willing to to say that with certainty yet.
1: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thanks, Graz. We really appreciate the time.
0: Thanks, Dan. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for letting me vent. I always appreciate. it. <laughs> oh that. no, please, anytime.
1: That was fantastic. <laughs> Take
0: care. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Dan recently, Joe, because. I was in New Orleans this week. I covered the Giants, of course. Last time I was in New Orleans, Dan was there. It was uh, Halloween Mm. in New Orleans the night before the game. Uh, They played like a late game. It had to be 52-49, the Giants lost. Crazy game. But all I do is remember uh, there was hurricanes involved and... Mm. Coming home with a cracked phone. Awesome. Odd, so odd I did, to think of yeah. things
1: getting away from anybody in New Orleans right around Halloween. It
0: was a tough one.
1: <laughs> that's a tough road loss right there. You guys <laughs> were like the Cowboys that weekend, going out on the road, taking the Big L. All right. We know Aaron Rodgers is planning on being the starter for the Jets in 2024. Is there any place for Russell Wilson to start next season? That's next. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
4: This is the Carlin
0: versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
5: Jared leans in, takes the snap back, looks, throws, end zone. It is talk touchdown.
4: Takes wants to throw on fourth and two. A lot of time. Throws end zone. Wow. Hot touchdown. Yes. Number three of the night for Sam Laporta. Having lost two out of three, they needed a game. They needed a state. And they made
2: one. Every team goes through ups and downs and lows, and, and but we're the same team. We're the same guys, the same people, the same players. He just kept reminding us Good
1: win for the Lions this past Saturday. Bad loss for the Denver Broncos, although they had been playing very well. They had won six of seven before dropping that game in Detroit. We try to tell you what's coming, right? There are some of these predictive analytics out there that'll show you a game like that is on the horizon. And for the Broncos, they had been very, very fortunate for a long time. That seven game stretch they were in, they were number one in the NFL in average starting field position, they were number one in the NFL in takeaways opponents had fumbled the ball 18 times in seven games against them. They recovered 11. Those numbers are not sustainable. And when those things don't happen, the bottom falls out. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday. But that's not the story. The story is head coach Sean Payton screaming at quarterback Russell Wilson on the sidelines, giving us, oh, some of that juicy NFL drama. Take a listen to Sean Payton when asked about what was going on on the sidelines between him and his quarterback.
3: I was upset about the call. That's all. Simple. And then you, then you were... That's it. We got on Russell, but it looked like he yelled at Russell. No, I was upset at the
2: call. If you are
5: upset with the call, why were you, what were you yelling at Russell about?
3: Listen,
2: what I talk with Russell about is none of your business.
1: It is amazing, this guy. (laughs) When things are going well, he will joke around and be the life of the party. And when things are going poor, he is so mad at every question that comes his way. Just take it easy, Peyton. You had a pretty good life to this point. Jordan Ronan, Joe Fortinball, Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Why are we getting so upset? They're 6-2 and over their last eight.
0: Let me tell you. I'm an expert on Crazy unhinged coaches, okay? I cover Brian Davis. <laughs> That's your special team. Have you seen him on the sideline? <laughs> he 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 twirled the tablet at his quarterback earlier this year. <laughs> I remember that. He once undressed a dude named Jack Anderson to the point that I I felt bad for Jack Anderson and he barely made it to the sideline at the time. He like wouldn't wait for him to walk up the field. You know, he, he stink eyed his special teams coordinator in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you, and i Sean Payton's right. I believe what he's saying. These guys just get so mad sometimes they can't control their emotions. I honestly believe that that's probably what happened there. He just couldn't control his emotions in the moment, and so he got caught on camera undressing his quarterback. Now we know that the reason it's a big deal is because we know right, uh, Russ is super hypersensitive, right? Yeah, and then so, oh wait, how's Russell going to take that, or how's a quarter, you know quarterback Tom Brady? You know, took that from Bill Belichick, that kind of stuff, right? We saw Brady and we saw Brady get, getting yelled at by Belichick and O'Brien, Bill O'Brien and those guys on the sideline. But because it's Russ, we're looking at it like, whoa, how's he gonna handle that, right? I mean, that doesn't that doesn't look good. He must hate Russ. They've actually done a pretty decent job together, the two of them this year. Russ has gotten better as the season went along. I wouldn't make look too much into it that way, aside from that Sean Payton couldn't control his emotions and it was unhinged on the sideline again. This this pack, this
1: Broncos team. It's fascinating this run that just took place. They're six and two over their last eight. During that stretch, they beat Green Bay, a playoff contender, mm-hmm. Kansas City,
0: yeah, the defending Super Bowl champs. Defied logic. This the
1: run. the Bills, who are apparently the most dangerous team in the NFL right now. The Vikings, who are a fringe playoff team. The Browns, who are winning every single week. It seems like they lost a tight one to the Texans. They come back. They smash the Chargers. They lose to the Lions like they've had a lot of big games in a row and they've performed quite well in these games. So if this is just emotions boiling over in a bad game, I get it. But at the same time, for the last year and a half, we've heard nothing but bad things about Russell Wilson. Right. Like Mm -hmm. work ethic, um, the office at the facility, the entourage, all that different stuff. Weirdo. It, It feels like over the last few months, we haven't heard any of that stuff like they've been winning games. He's been playing relatively well. Teams moving in the right direction. No drama. I mean, I know this conversation keeps popping up about like you know Russ is going to be gone next season. Really, is that the best option for the Broncos but in your opinion?
0: Did it, didn't 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 tell him like he's not going to deal with any of that BS? Like I, this is this is what, this is how it's going to go down. Like enough with that. It seems like you're, that's you're working. Gonna, you're, you're not right. Gonna act, yeah, you're not going to act like that. I agree. Like unless, see, here's the thing: if the Denver Broncos had a top five ten pick, I would totally be like, sure. It makes sense to move on from Russell Wilson. You eat the ridiculous amount of money and you move on. But they're not. So, where are they getting a quarterback to replace with Russell Wilson? Right? That's where, where are it gets they, dicey. They're getting better. They, they don't, don't have a super high pick, and they don't have a second round pick either. They have a first round they're pick not
1: loaded with picks, and then they're not picking again until the third. Which means in that opening two rounds, you got one shot at bringing in somebody that can help your franchise. Would you want to use it on a quarterback if you're not in the top ten? Like you're like you're saying. So even that? like Bo Nix?
0: Yeah, even if you like trade back to the back end of the first round, you know, like teams like to take guys there so they get the 50 year option. Yeah. Or even early in the second round or something like that, accrue more picks, and you end up with a quarterback. It still makes sense. For me at that point to have Russell Wilson as your quarterback for next season and try to compete and win games. They can improve that roster while also still trying to compete. This isn't the year for them to get to be like, We need our future quarterback because they need a they need a new future franchise quarterback at some point.
1: Yeah, see I'm with you on that. I'd rather probably just ride it out with Wilson. Use that first round pick on someone that can come in and help either side of the ball. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Get someone in there or trade back and stockpile picks. But if you don't feel like you can get some game changer out there at quarterback, what's the point of drafting a guy and then just letting him say? so many teams do that? Like that's what that is what Atlanta did with Desmond Ritter. Where they sat there and they said, all right, I think it was the third round. We'll take a shot on this kid. And now they're in this spot where they felt compelled to play him. And then he became their starter because there were no other options. And then they basically squandered this season. And I so could I told
0: him last year he wasn't, he wasn't, the, wasn't the guy. Could have told
1: you coming out of Cincinnati. He's a great locker room guy, but anyone who watched him knows he can't make all the throws. That's like... Box number one. If you're going to play quarterback in the NFL, you got to make all the throws. If you don't have the arm to do it, you can't be playing quarterback in the NFL. Like, let's get serious about this. And, and, And that's what Tennessee's been doing. Like, these, we have Tannehill, but let's take a shot on Malik Willis. Oh, Will Levis is sliding, let's take a shot on Levis. Like, maybe one of these pans out, but in the process, you're just using pick after pick on these quarterbacks that are just. Gonna waste time before you realize. Yeah. So, like, if you're Denver, why not? Like, I could see another year of Russ and then figure out how to build up the roster and then maybe make your move the following year, unless you somehow stumble into some better option, which I don't know, like Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, see, I don't know. Like when? When is Justin Fields shown he's a slam dunk lock as a future franchise? Exactly. Quarterback? I don't he's think a great, gonna... he's a great quarterback for my fantasy team. Yeah, you know when he when he runs around the field like he did last year when he was killing it in fantasy. Exactly. But I'm not. I'm not risking my future as a coach or a GM and saying I'm building my team around Justin Fields. I know he's a lock slam dunk. No.
1: No, and you'd have to be paying him and pretty much Russell Wilson at the same time, which would be Doesn't an absolute disaster from a salary cap perspective. Aaron Rodgers spoke to Pat McAfee earlier today. Looks like his season is done, much like the Jets' season, but his NFL future, believe it or not, as clear as ever. That's next on ESPN He's Radio. Forever. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Joe Fordball, Carlin
0: versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.